My Get Up and Go on SAFM. Influential people doing well in their respective fields. My guest this morning is Dr. Howard Manyonga. He's an obstetrician and head of the birthing team. And the birthing team is an affordable maternity <clears throat> care program. A very good morning to you, Dr. Howard. Hi, good morning, and uh, thank you for having me on your program. It's an absolute pleasure. Dr. Howard, we start off this feature by asking our guests, what's your daily get up and go, that morning routine that gets you up and going? Well, every morning I wake up and I think whilst I'm still lying in bed. Um, twice or three times a week I go for a run. I come back home, have my breakfast and uh, check my diary. And that's a routine that I've kept for many, many years. And why is it important for you to also get that physical uh, exercise early in the morning before you start your day? Well, in the line of my work, I think it is very important to uh, to present uh, at the office uh, fresh. And um, uh, after I've cleared out all my stresses, and in a sense, I find that walking and running gives me that physical acti- uh, physical fitness carry me throughout uh, what would otherwise be uh, a stressful day mm. and 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 uh, certainly it's uh, also when I do talk to my patients I want to be able to tell them something that I am familiar with myself that they must keep fit they must do some physical activity so yeah all right sounds good that's my reason behind it that's very good, uh, doctor. There, and obviously, it makes sense because as a doctor, nobody knows about health, you know, better than a doctor himself, of course. Um, let's just take a few steps back, um, doctor Howard. Tell us more about where you're from, and you know, just your early days, your childhood. Look, I was born on the Zambezi Escarpment uh, in the northern uh, uh, part of Zimbabwe, in a place called Mashonaland Central. Mm. I went. I went to a school uh, out there, um, and then went to medical school, University of Zimbabwe. Then I worked for a couple of years in Blawayo before I relocated to Guiani in Limpopo. And I worked as a medical officer in Limpopo before I left for specialising in the UK. Stayed in the UK for a total of six years, um, doing my rotation to become a specialist. And I then relocated back to a Cape Town where I was a senior registrar and a junior specialist at the Universal Cape Town Kruditsky Hospital. After that, I went into the private sector where I ran my own practice in Cape Town for a total of eight years. And that was then followed by a stint in the not-for-profit sector where I worked in the Beach Reproductive Health and HIV Institute in Hillbrow working in women's health, and then uh, a short stint as a a manager at Mary's Tops. And uh, uh, finally, I'm where I am in Mm. the private sector, uh, leading the the birthing team. Let's talk about maternity health and maternity care. Um, You say that there is a need for people to get more pregnancy education because, you know, just listening to your journey, there's definitely been a a, a clear, um, I would say, path moving towards, you know, mother and child care. You know, even in your journey, like you said, you worked at Murray Stopes as well, which I'm going to get to because there's the uh, perception that Murray Stopes only performs uh, abortions uh, for young mothers who don't want to have babies 
babies, but you do much more than just that. Um, and that's that's, right. that, let's talk about what got you interested specifically in, um, you know, maternity health care. Well, I suppose my very early influence was my grandmother, who was a traditional midwife uh, in the same place that I was born in, in the Guru. And I used to be really fascinated even uh, as a young uh, boy mm. at, at at what she did. And uh, I know uh, a lot of people working the earth today who were actually brought into the uh, into existence by my grandmother. Oh, wow, that's but special. Here, yeah, yeah. But certainly when I went to medical school, I think one of my, uh, uh, my mentors, if you like, uh, one of the lecturers who took an interest in my development was an obstetrician and gynecologist, and he encouraged me to pursue a career in obstetrics and gynecology, particularly because I was uh, well fascinated by it and uh, also quite good at uh, at the subject matter. Mm. So for, for 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 that and other various reasons, I found myself pursuing a career in obstetrics and gynecology. And you know, when we go and see a, a gynecologist, it's it's not always comfortable, you know, especially as a woman going in there, um, because you know you're going into a space where you're going to expose your most sensitive parts, and you know it's it's always difficult, you know, in the beginning, you know, you have to undress, you have to sit a certain way. There are all of those um, awkward moments. However, what would you say are some of the most fulfilling parts of um, you know this career, especially when it comes, you know, to helping young mothers have a successful pregnancies go through, you know, the pregnancy stage and ultimately give birth to healthy babies? Well, you know, you you, you pointed out at the beginning of your question that uh, when patients go to see an obstetrician, there's a lot of anxiety. So a big part of my job as an obstetrician is to make that personal connection with uh, uh, the patient mm. to, put, to put them at ease. And it's, it's, it's quite amazing that when you develop that skill, which I have developed over many years, how, how, how much satisfying a relationship you can develop with a patient. Yes. And, uh, do you find that you it have, helps them to open yeah. up a little bit more? Sorry? Do you find that it helps them to open up to you a little bit more about their challenges and struggles and just questions they may have, which they ordinarily maybe would have felt awkward asking a doctor, but because of the way you've made them feel comfortable, they actually are able to open up? Absolutely. So I think making that personal connection, that rapport that you have to develop in the first few minutes of that interaction, which starts perhaps even with the greeting and how you, your body language it, when they're at ease, then they're able to then open up and they speak up about the most intimate problems that mm. they might have. And I think that's a skill that uh, uh, young obstetricians or young midwives really have to concentrate on because it is otherwise a, a fairly stressful situation where you have to expose yourself, talk about things that you wouldn't ordinarily talk to a member of the opposite sex. I mean, I'm a guy. (laughs) It's kind of weird, like, you know, (laughs) do I have to? (laughs) Yes, yes. But, uh, uh, you know, after after going through the training that we go through, coaching and mentorship, you can develop that that skill to put patients at ease. Mm. Then downstream to that, I think it is a, a, a conversation 
that is quite satisfying. And I have found that I've learned a lot. And I always say to my friends that, you know, I'm in a privileged position where I'm a guy, but I have the opportunity to go into the inner lives of uh, women. Mm. And I find I find that quite a, a privilege. You're the agony aunt. They cry on your <laughs> shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Doctor, only you will understand this. <laughs> Yeah, let's, absolutely. Let's absolutely. talk about the birthing team and, and just the work that it does. So the birthing team is a, a um, concept that we developed at uh, PPO Serve, uh, a health services management company based here in Johannesburg and Dunkeld. And the, the objective of the birthing team really is to increase access to quality maternity care for patients who would otherwise not be able to afford uh, buying that service in the private sector. So we, we launched our first uh, birthing team at uh, Medcare Rand Hospital in Hillbrook, uh, Berea, in Johannesburg, mm-hmm. which is now relocated to the Parkland Hospital. But the whole idea is that you put together a team made up of uh, obstetricians, midwives, pediatricians, anesthetists, and then other um, allied healthcare workers like dietitians, psychologists, and anesthetists. And you put them together to work in a team in a coordinated fashion to deliver a service at a specific hospital. So as I said, we are now uh, in uh, three hospitals and are opening up in a fourth center. And in all those centers, what you have is these teams of dedicated professionals who have uh, uh, committed themselves to working in a team. Mm. And you may know that the majority of uh, obstetricians and many doctors in the private sector indeed work uh, alone in mm. their own practices. And we, we, we take the view that uh, healthcare or the provision of healthcare is a team sport, but unfortunately in our environment in South Africa it's being played by individuals. And we are changing that. We are, again, bringing the team uh, back into uh, uh, existence and putting the patient at the center of that team. I think that's what makes us unique mm. uh, compared to any other uh, service giver there, that ours is a team and not an individual. And we find that the team is uh, best suited to provide uh, best practice care and uh, evidence-based care. Mm. which is most difficult to do if you are working alone. Dr. Manyonga, let me ask you this question. Why are specialists so expensive? Why is it so expensive to see a specialist? Well, I suppose uh, there are many reasons uh, why specialists uh, are expensive, but um, one is to uh, consider that these are people working by themselves, Mm. and they have uh, a minimum threshold uh, of income that they require to stay in business, so whether you, we like it or not. Mm. Running a practice is running a small business, and there are expenses um, that they have to cover. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and in a sense, because there isn't a healthy competition amongst obstetricians and other private healthcare workers, uh, they are able to, to uh, charge for their services at a level which they think uh, justifies uh, their effort. Mm. So, so, so generally, uh, many of our patients are unable to afford obstetricians because they, 
they charge a lot more, but that's not the whole story. And you have to also consider that the obstetrician is only part of the network uh, that is required to offer a service. So yeah. you would need an obstetrician, you need a pediatrician, an administrative, you need the hospital. Yeah. And each one of those is coming to the patient at the end of the day with a bill. And what makes us different is that uh, in this situation that I've described, where each one is bringing their own individual bill, mm. as a patient, you are unsure when you go into that hospital how much your final bill will be. And you if only, your medical aid you will cover all of it for that matter? And if your medical aid will cover all of it, or you have to do a co-payment. And uh, what makes the definitely difference is that uh, we charge a single fee and at the beginning, after we have understood what your medical needs are, and that fee is final. And whatever happens, whether you deliver vaginally or you deliver in a cesarean section, your fee does not change. So there's that certainty yeah. of what what your your obligation, your financial obligation is, and that's what makes that's what makes uh, the betting team very unique compared to the uh, fee for service and. Uh, environment in because, which we find ourselves in South Africa. Because, like you're saying, I would ordinarily maybe have to pay four different bills if I'm going to see my GP, if I'm going to see my OBS, if I'm going to see, you know, other specialists to help me, you know, with a yeah. particular uh, case that I'm having. Let's talk about, you know, your own personal inspiration. What inspires you on a daily basis in the work that you do? Well, what really inspires me is... Uh, the feedback that I get from my colleagues that I work with, from from the patients that we we serve, and I suppose uh, just uh, going to bed knowing that uh, I have made a contribution to solving an intractable problem that 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 uh, has been uh, uh, in our lives uh, for for the for, uh, for the past few decades, and indeed. If nothing is done, that will continue to be there for the foreseeable future. So I think it's uh, that satisfaction and that desire to make a positive contribution that keeps me going, really. Mm, Very powerful. And is there an inspirational quote or message that you live by that you can share with our listeners? Well, a couple, really. All right. Uh, The one is, life is too short to not follow your heart. And uh, the second one is don't die twice. Mm. Yeah, Live every day and die twice. Uh, and die once. I mean, we live every day and we die once. And many times we worry about what will happen or if I do this, how will I sustain myself and so on. And uh, my, my, my own mantra of not dying twice carries me through, particularly during those times when I develop doubts about is the thing going to work? Mm. And uh, am I going to be able to sustain my family? And uh, will I uh, have the respect of my colleagues? Because um, I've taken a, a path that is unfamiliar to obstetrician. Yes, I'm now I'm now basically uh, not a clinician myself, but every day I sit with clinicians, and uh, sometimes I wonder what 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 goes through their mind when I'm sitting there and giving this guidance. Well, I'm not myself, 
Mm. in clinical work every day. Mm-hmm. And your work really goes beyond, you know, just working mm-hmm. in private practice in Northern Johannesburg or any other um, learning area. But for me, what I'm hearing that it really speaks to the heart of serving those who may not necessarily afford these services, but giving them the best medical care. Yeah, absolutely. So when we started uh, the birthing team at PPO Service, uh, we made a conscious decision that we were going to start seven patients uh, in what is uh, referred to colloquially as the uh, gap market, people who are not insured uh, but who have enough money to, other, to otherwise afford a well-priced um, a medical service. And uh, those kind of people are living in areas that are uh, perhaps uh, close to a private hospital. It's on their doorstep, but they can't afford the private hospital. And given the situation in our public sector where there's overcrowding, there is a real need. And we find pockets of uh, people like that all over South Africa. And indeed, it's not just a South African problem, but a, a, a sub-Saharan African problem, a, a, a global problem. I mean, mm. I'm, I'm sure if you read American literature and uh, read what is happening in many other countries, the problem of making healthcare accessible, quality healthcare accessible, is uh, one that is keeping regulators and practitioners and innovators like myself very busy because there is no easy uh, uh, solution. There's no ready-made solution. We had to make it up uh, depending uh, based on what we know, our experience, and we have to bring in some creativity into that endeavor. So, yeah, quite... Uh, a challenge indeed. I mean, recently we have been uh, setting up in uh, Medicare Poloso in Polokwane. Yeah. And uh, all our all our other centers are in urban areas. So we have a center in uh, Durban at City Hospital, another center here at Park Lane, and a feminine hospital in Pretoria. And now setting up in Poloso, which is serving a rural population, has uh, presented us with new challenges in that when you're planning the care of a patient who lives five kilometers from the facility, it's quite different when you make the uh, care plan for a patient who's traveling from Toyando 200 kilometers to come to uh, Poloso. Mm. So, so those kinds of uh, problems uh, are unique to each specific place. And I think that's what makes our life, uh, on the one side, very exciting, but also quite difficult. Thank you. Developing a solution like the Dr. Howard, we are so out of time. Thank you so much for joining us this morning and telling us about your very inspiring work. How do our listeners get in touch uh, with you? Do you have social media handles, maybe Twitter, email? How do they get hold of you? So the easiest thing for uh, uh, potential patients to get a hold of us is to go to Facebook with a very active, very informative Facebook and uh, on the Facebook, you'll find all the details so, uh, to, to our centers. We're also active on uh, uh, Twitter. And recently, I, 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 I can add that we are now also on Instagram. Ah, and that's we, lovely. And of course, we have a very active uh, uh, betting, uh, the betting team uh, website. So the handle is the betting team. And you'll be able to uh, find a lot of information about what we do, how we do it, and where we're going to next, which is really exciting for us. Thank you so much. That's Dr. Howard Manyonga there. Our get up and go this morning. It's eight minutes before five o'clock.